Hi, I'm Bridget Metcalf. Join me each week as I chat with leaders from around the world, shining a light of global issues that affect us all, so the truth may be known. Don't miss out on the conversation. Go to your favorite podcast streaming service now to subscribe to Truth Be Known. For upcoming podcasts, go to truthbeknown.org and enjoy the conversation. Hello, friends. This is Bridget Metcalf, and thank you for joining us today on Truth Be Known. We have with us a woman leader that holds three high-level portfolios and is a pioneer for women in leadership around the world. My longtime friend, Crystal Martin, not only a world-renowned speaker and visionary, but she is an advocate for women in leadership to have a voice in their sphere of influence. Crystal holds three positions, the National Director of Credentialed Women for the Assemblies of God, the International Chi Alpha Director for the college campuses worldwide, and an Associate Pastor at Central Assembly Church in Springfield, Missouri. As a mother, wife, and leader, Crystal has found the key to unlocking the potential of those who surround her and is an inspiration wherever she goes. You will be enlightened as you take a listen to this trailblazer that is setting the bar for women in ministry worldwide. Enjoy the conversation as we dive into this week's episode of Truth Be Known. We have been friends for a long time. Um, I think we've been friends for probably 30 years now, but we got married around the same time frame. We just celebrated 28 and I think you just celebrated 27, correct? Yep. One year apart. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. It's, it's amazing that I still look at us as young, just newlywed married. I don't think of us as being at the ages that we're at anymore. I really don't. It's so crazy. Our husbands are such good friends. They're both a little older than us. So we kind of married up a bit mm-hmm. so <laughs> I still have a picture of our boys together when they were babies you know because they were kind of born in between each other so yeah. so amazing how they're grown and doing well it is so true we've lived fun lives together we have days. <laughs> we have well I just wanted to thank you again for coming on today's podcast I want you to kind of share a little bit of your journey in the direction that you have gone in ministry with your husband and your journey from Arizona to Springfield, Missouri and everything that has happened in between. Can you kind of update us from then till now of what God has done in your life? So I met my husband. He was campus pastor, works with Chi Alpha at the University of Arizona in Arizona. So Bridget and I are both from the state of Arizona and that's where we met. I'm I'm a pastor's daughter. So I was kind of raised in a ministry setting, met my husband. We get married right after I graduate from college. I have an elementary education degree and I honestly think I'm going to be, I'm going to teach school. My husband's going to be a minister. We're going to live in Arizona happily ever after. And if you follow it all sports in America, you know that NCAA, he's like a huge Wildcat fan. Our kids learned the fight song for the Arizona Wildcats before Jesus loves me. So, I mean, we're like Arizona fans. 
but it was about two years into our marriage. I'm teaching school. He's campus pastor. I'm very involved in ministry. Um, so probably step into kind of like that pastor's wife role a bit, but we were, we were meeting with a missionary into North Africa, planning a trip. So we were planning a missions trip with our Hay Alpha group. So we had, you know, about a hundred students involved at the university of Arizona, and we were going to go. Um, my husband had gotten very involved with global missions work, recognizing that college students have incredible passport skills. Um, many of them have educations that can be used as tent makers globally. And so we began to really emphasize global missions within our Chi Alpha student culture. So I'm in a little church in a basement and Bridget, we had just talked about how your church was flooded. Well, this little church where we were meeting with this missionary, their basement had recently been flooded. And so it kind of had this mildewy odor. And I'm a very young woman, recently married. We're sitting, planning this mission trip. And the Lord speaks to me so clearly, Crystal, I'm calling you to lead this generation to the nations. And I'm going to use Chi Alpha, which is the college ministries of the Assemblies of God Church in um, United States and around the world. I'm going to use Chi Alpha to open a new pipeline to the nations. And it's going to be big. So I'm 22 years old. I don't know what the Lord's speaking to my husband. And he plants this like audacious call. My cross-cultural skills at that time were, you know, we lived close to Mexico. So I could speak a little Spanish and had been on mission trips to Mexico. But, you know, so this, this daunting lead the generation to the nations felt like a lot. And, but it felt really big. And um, it really took two weeks before my husband and I had the guts to tell each other. I did not know that the Lord had spoke to him at that exact same moment. And um, that we were supposed to really leave our post at the University of Arizona and carve out a national initiative where at that point, Chi Alpha was very much focused on the American college campus and how God wanted to expand that to become a global movement. So out of that moment, um, it took us about a year and a half to two years to raise our budget. So here we had two people with an audacious dream. We moved to Springfield, Missouri, which is where we're headquartered. And we get like a phone in an office. And Scott has a nameplate on his door. They call him the Global Missions Director for Chi Alpha. He had cards, business cards, and a phone, not a whole lot, but I realized at that moment, like, I have nothing but a call. Like, there's no title. I really didn't have a lot of ministry experience at that point. My husband did. He had over a decade, probably 12 to 15 years of ministry experience. I was like, none, basically. No title, just like this passionate call. And you know, anybody that's had a call, like what I'm talking about, it is like a birthing. <laughs> you feel like you are carrying a baby. It was really interesting because I was pregnant at that time. So it's this season of like feeling like you're pregnant physically and pregnant spiritually, and you're going to pop at every moment. And so I really did walk with that kind of um, expectancy and anointing, like knowing God was going to do something. So I say that because it's been 25 um, years since we walked in that office. And can I tell you, Bridget, we have seen a missions movement literally explode out of Chi Alpha. So out of those roots, um, we are now one of the largest missions 
sending organizations through our Assemblies of God World missions, uh, people going all over the world into the tough places. So I feel really gratified in that. But being a woman in ministry had its unique challenges. Um, of course, I moved right into kind of upper letter level leadership, which was awkward. Um, I had such a global call. So it was much more than like, hey, go reach a few people. It was like this global call. When finally I recognized that there was no title, there was, I, I did not know how to do husband and wife ministry in a national, like you have a job kind of a portfolio. And the Lord spoke to me about six years into the journey and said, I didn't call you here to teach. And I knew exactly what he meant. I pulled a chair into my husband's office and we said, let's do this. The first man that approached the office when I, when I started working, when we started working together said to me, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Um, your husband needs someone to take care of his calendar and he needs <laughs> and no disrespect to administrators, but I'm not one. I'm a visionary leader, just like my husband. We actually have similar gifts. Mm -hmm. And so I felt very gender niched. And I feel like part of my journey has been resisting gender niching because my call could not allow me to go there. And my gift set could not allow me to go to where I felt people trying to put me. And so for me, my journey from releasing people to the nations, unleashing a missions movement, spending two years overseas, as we said, let's give a year and pray about a lifetime to all of our college students. And my family led the way. Um, there was also this always parallel woman in ministry journey, which has led me, Bridget, to where I am as the director of the Network of Women Ministers for the Assemblies of God Church. And it's in, in the United States, and it's really birthed out of that journey of finding my space. Crystal, like, how did you respond when the gentleman said your husband needs somebody to help him with his calendar. How did you break that mold? You know, yeah. you knew what was going on inside of you, but how did you communicate that? I don't know if I did at the moment, but I just kept pushing through with the call. Mm -hmm. But so I did not allow those things. And I think I retorted by saying, no, I would be a terrible administrator. <laughs> you know, I'm here to help lead this movement. Do you know what I'm saying? So I do think mm -hmm. I said that and I continued to push through with my call. Thank goodness my husband saw it um, and never gender me. So that was really great. I tell people I was blessed that I had a chair to sit in. Many women, especially if they're single and do not have a, a husband that's a minister, have less opportunities than I had. So mm -hmm. I had a chair to sit in. I had a title to share, so to speak. And so I understood the gifts that I had, but I also do think I let those statements sit and form spirals of resentment in me that, that would potentially come out later mm -hmm. um, as people putting labels on me that I kept feeling like I had a pressure to push off. And, and, and so it's been like an outward journey of not letting those things keep me down, but also an inward journey of knowing they kind of were, even if I wasn't admitting it. Your job description has changed and evolved and the dreams that God put in you, you know, 25 years ago have, have exceeded what yeah. I'm sure you even imagined, but tell us how did you manage through that? Like, how did this happen? You hear the call, you obeyed the Lord, you went from being a, a teacher to 
going and saying, no, this is, this is something we need to create this global movement. We need to see this happen and we're going to do it together, vision together. How did you go from the global Chi Alpha ministry to the women's ministers network director? You know, how did, how did that change? How did that evolve? Well, Bridget, one of the blessed things that I have right now is I'm really doing both. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, what women in ministry need more than anything is models of women doing it. And so my role in Chi Alpha is still, my husband is now the national director of Chi Alpha. And I, I've really stayed in the role that he held for many years. So, and at times we, we co-led, I'm very much, I love Romans 16, where Paul is greeting his workers. And I believe there's 10 women mentioned and 17 men and some potentially single, some, who knows, one spouse, a tent maker, but he mentions like 27 people. And one of those was Priscilla and Aquila. And I feel like my husband and I have definitely been a ministry team where at times I call, like there have been times when I've been his backup singer in his band, so to speak, partially he had more ministry experience when we started. And so although I wasn't his administrator, I did flow more in a second chair, so to speak, as we began to carve out what this kind of ministry experience would look like as a husband and wife team. I've often said we're like a, yeah, like a country Western band that at times he's saying backup for me. And at times I've seen backup for him. And we're at a season right now where we've grown to need our own stages in order for God to accomplish what he needs to do in our day and in our moment. And so we, I, I feel like we've operated as a Priscilla and Aquila couple in many contexts. And there's been times I've been a Moses to his Aaron, and there's been times he's been an Aaron to my Moses. One of us have carried the prophetic, the other carried the voice. So I feel like we've worked really, really well together as a ministry couple. My movement of Chi Alpha has been very gracious in um, as they've really valued women in ministry. We have a lot of couples working together. And I've said, I don't like it that couples can work together on the field, but when you get into leadership, one is forced out. And um, how can we create space for, you know, Bridget, if I was still in the education world, I'd be a principal or a superintendent. I'm a leader, but because I married a leader husband does not mean I need to be niched as a forever hospitality coordinator. Mm -hmm. And I think Chi Alpha has given me space to press when um, it would have been easy to gender niche and have Scott sit in all the meetings and me sit at home doing the newsletter. I'm like, no, God's given me a leadership voice. And so we're going to figure out a way. And I feel like our movement has been blessed because of it. Mm -hmm. And we have so many more women on the field that can say, yes, I can lead, um, and, you know, and then I, I'm just one story. Do you know what I'm saying? As far as when I, when I think about my role as women in ministry, we have single women. It's just such a unique journey as we grow as women ministers to not be, to allow our holistic gifts to come out and to not find ourselves being niched into a gender specific role. Like Martha really tried to niche Mary into a role. And both men and women sometimes will do that. Do you feel that big part of this, a big proponent of this would be that Scott really released you 
to be who you are. Like he recognized this leader inside of you. He saw your gifting and your talent and who you were and really released you. Do you feel like that was a huge factor? Oh, oh, definitely. Yes. That was a massive factor. It kind of, I mean, it, it makes me recognize how I have so much more power than a lot of folks. Um, especially my women friends that are single who have a lot of passion and are like, oh man, but then they find themselves with all these different kinds of ceilings that they have to work through at different levels. But for me, it definitely was my husband and other male leaders around me. Um, My national director for Chi Alpha, Dennis Gaylor, he asked me at one point about 10 years ago, he said, Crystal, we do not have a woman on our executive committee. Would you be willing to step in? Um, And so I've been thankful for people who look beyond position because they understand diversity is important. Mm -hmm. Um, You will start creating seats for women, seats for multi-ethnic folks so that we can start to break out of our traditional leadership structures and onboard people into utilizing all of their gifts. So I've had both my husband who has been an amazing champion and other, and it takes a lot of times it takes men because it's people in power being able to open chairs and seats, seeing leadership gifts, calling people out. So yeah, I've had that all along the way and I have been incredibly grateful for that. How would, how would you say to this uh, next generation or some ladies that are in the same age and same boat and they feel that passion and they feel that calling and heard the Holy Spirit, but they don't, they still have a ceiling on them. What, what are some of the things that you could say to them or suggest to them that would kind of alter that, that could change their, the atmosphere, or maybe they don't feel that they have that leader that's championing them, you know, or a male figure that's willing to give them that place. And they have that same struggle. Like they want to, they, they really feel the call. It's not just what they want, but it's a definitely a gift that they have and possess. What would you say to them? Yeah, well, definitely to the younger generation and Bridget, I know we're talking to a global audience. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that makes a difference because we don't always know cultural contexts that create ceilings and they're really mm-hmm. different culture. So in many ways, when I share, I'm speaking to more my culture, a westernized um, version of ceilings mm-hmm. um, because they're very different in other places. So if I could speak specifically to that demographic, and maybe this could help a globalized conversation also. But in my context, I would tell young women um, and even older women that we can self-advocate in a way that helps break some of those ceilings and not be like a pushy woman or do you know what I'm saying? I think I've had to very much self-advocate and I'll give you one example. Sometimes I see in our Western culture, especially among church culture, you have a 21 year old young woman and a 21 year old young man, both feeling a call to youth ministry. So like they're kind of passionate, like I was like, man, I want to see the youth of this city saved. And oftentimes before you know it, the young woman is the administrator of the youth pastor and the young man is the youth intern. And at that age of 21, they're getting trained differently. The the administrator is learning how to do administrative things and is learning um, how to serve a, a position. And she feels really honored And she often feels um, like this is a gateway to ministry. But what happens is the man is trained as a communicator. The man is released in different ways and they turn 30 and they have different skills. 
And so I would tell my young women, don't allow yourself to be gender niched. Don't hide. Don't say, I don't want to speak behind a mic. Say my male counterparts have to learn. So will I. And I, I think I, I think women get niched and we do this piece of ministry. So I would tell my young women, hey, self-advocate, get out there, learn every skill of ministry that's going to make you be able to fit the next role up, so to speak. Say no to some things that's going to train you in a way that's going to keep you in a box and say yes to things that are going to open up opportunities for you to grow as a holistic minister. Um, so often you go into ministry circles at young ages and it's like, oh, women will train you to, to minister to women and men will train you to minister to everyone. And I say, young women, we can have apostolic evangelistic leadership over both men and women. So I think as a young woman, I would say self-advocate and love yourself enough to know that you can be fully trained as a minister um, mm -hmm. who can preach and teach and serve and get in the highways and the byways covering and serving both men and women. That's what I tell my young women. I'd probably say for my own peers, sometimes I work with people who have a deep call to ministry, but end up in their early fifties and are trying to reinvent themselves. <laughs> like, okay, what is, what is next in this ministry, in this next ministry season? And I would tell that woman the same thing. Thank God for the journey you've had. Sometimes we have found ourselves in roles where we've supported our husband, and that's fantastic. Um, sometimes we've found ourselves in roles that, man, we didn't have a lot of opportunities. I meet young 50, some young 50-year-old women that are like, I've never preached before. And I'm like, well, did anyone ever ask you? Probably not. So how can I grow? So I'd say that is the same, like open up new opportunities, see yourself in a different light. Don't allow people to put you like Martha did with Mary. Sit at Jesus' feet and let him say, you have found the better way. Let that better way be found no matter what age you're at. That's really actually very powerful. And I think, you know, sometimes the younger women, because they haven't been as much put in a box yet and they're learning before they get put in a box they have more opportunity where is someone that has been trained it's it you know you've been trained that this isn't your place and to have to shatter that mindset is is a, a different way of thinking it's very hard to change i find it hits at about 30 you're very right in your 20s you're just loving and growing but if we can help our young 20s to see it it, it can help them enter their 30s not shocked mm -hmm. and and this is our generation too bridget i do think young men do see things differently so our, our younger women may be able to step into things different than we did, you know? When you're talking to peers and you're talking to people that have already been in ministry, but maybe were in that box and you're kind of encouraging them to self-advocate, is there ever times where you have people that are saying, I'm just not surrounded with people that believe that I even have a place? So do I need mm -hmm. to reposition myself and how do I do that with still honoring and respecting, but yet really being willing to, to maneuver myself in a place where it's like, I, this is where I belong and I don't belong here. I mean, how do you 
advise people in that situation? Yeah, Bridget, thank you for asking that great question. Um, I always start with coming up with your three-minute elevator speech of who you are as a minister outside of your husband and kids. Women have not been trained to do that. And they'll often start with, my husband is this, my kids are this. And I really start training women to get in touch with their call. So don't tell me you're a pastor's wife. That tells me nothing about your real call. I need to know. I feel called to worship. I feel called to, you know, we are called to our husband in marriage, not to ministry. And your husband really cannot be your ministry call. That might be a tough thing for someone to hear, but I really force women to say, what is your call? And once you can articulate that in a three minute, seven minute and 10 minute version, then you can start working toward actualizing that in your life. And if it is a full ministry call, then credential. Start the credentialing process so that you see yourself as a minister, not as whatever else you might see yourself in. So own who you are as a minister. So there's a lot of hard work we have to do internally. Hi, my name is Crystal Martin. I'm the director of the network of women ministers. I advocate, collaborate, and train so that women can be empowered to fulfill their ministry call. Every woman needs to be able to say that. Um, and it's not unhumble. Mm-hmm. And So I think sometimes we've been told it's unhumble to stand on the platform God has asked us to step onto. So we have to shake off some of those things, know our call, speak our call, train for our call, no matter what age we're in, and then self-advocate. We may have to change positions. We may have to think outside of the box. When we start thinking about church pulpits, there's a scarcity mentality. Oh, well, there's only a certain number of churches and a certain number of pulpits, and they're all held by men. How do women find them? <laughs> like, there's plenty of lost people. So we really cannot have a scarcity mentality when it comes to ministry. Like there's only certain spots and we can't get them as women. There are plenty of spots. Half the population of the world has never heard. So you can find a spot and <laughs> you can build a right. platform and you accomplish your call. So anyway, I think no matter what your age, if you know your call, you can speak your destiny, you can train toward it, you can tr- credential toward it. And you, you may have to, yeah, you may have to change how you've done things in the past. I love that. I love how you're really defining and, and really asking them to define themselves and know what has God called you to, what is, what were you born for? What was your purpose? And then once they can solidify that, then they position themselves, then they find that need and fill it. They, they find that place where they can minister. And you're right, you don't have to have a pulpit to be able to do that, but you do have to have that willing heart and know who you yeah. are to be able to have that voice. So let me ask you this question, Crystal, how do you balance everything? You're really holding many positions right now, just not just one. You're a pastor on staff, of a large church, you are doing the national Chi Alpha and international Chi Alpha, and then also the women's director, network director of women in ministry. How are you balancing all these plus being a mother and a wife and, and a woman? Well, Bridget, I could ask you the same question, but since you're asking me, I will try to answer. <laughs> I think I'm a master delegator. 
honestly, and even when I stepped into this role of the network of women ministers four years ago, there's almost pressure. You know, someone asked me, do you want to go on a tour and start speaking to college students? And I said, no, I don't even know what I'm inviting college students into. But now I've cultivated a leader for our AG schools and universities, and she goes on tours. And so I think part of my secret is knowing, like even my three-minute elevator speech, we are a network of women ministers. I'm not the Crystal Martin ministry. And I think knowing that I don't have to be the voice, the I can trust my colleagues, my ministry colleagues to walk alongside me. I'm very big in creating mission statements, core values, strong culture, so that you can network and release, knowing that we're all like walking together towards something. So you'll see in all of my ministries, I've taken the time to this is to really speak to who we are and who we're not, so that it's not um, dependent on me Mm -hmm. being being the voice or being the one because we're all kind of marching together. So I surround myself with people more brilliant than me. I'm not intimidated with smarter people than me. And I don't always have to be the face because in all of my ministry, all of my contexts, it's about growing teams around me that can accomplish his work in my day. You know, I feel like everybody's been given something to accomplish. He's given me fruit that I'm supposed to produce. Mm -hmm. And that's my job. But I think that's how I've been able to negotiate really three portfolios is delegation, team, raising people up, creating strong culture so that we can all walk together. Great leaders produce great leaders. And when you really want to show, and today's message also is about empowering. If you really want to be the kind of voice that says, I want to empower people, it has to not just be a voice, it has to be demonstrated. So you've created these systems, you've created this core team and I know you and your husband both are really excellent at that raising people up believing in people and then launching people so that you can go further and it's an extension of of what God is calling you to is not just be a face but it is to actually raise up those disciples to take that position so that's excellent and I've seen this in your life quite often but That's true empowerment, allowing others to rise up and to see them soar as well. I think that's amazing. Well, Crystal, we're coming to a conclusion on our time today. And I I just want to give you an opportunity. If you could sum up maybe even just this year of what you've seen, what you've experienced, what you've gone through, and, and just give a nugget to the audience that we have right now, what would you like to say to the women that are listening, to the men that are listening? What would you like to give to them today of what you have learned, what you've grown in, um, that maybe is just heavy on your heart, maybe a theme for 2021? What would you like to share with them? Well, like the rest of the world, um, I've lost friends to COVID. Pandemic has weighed heavy. And I don't know about, I don't know about you, Bridget, or to our listening audience, but I'm feeling the heaviness more now than I did in the early stages of it. Like it's, it is, it feels really heavy. So I do feel this global heaviness that is, um, that's come because of this pandemic and the byproducts of that. But 
I feel like what the Lord is putting through that and even, even just some personal things that have caused crushing this year, personal relationship things, personal, and then global pandemic, all of this has created a form of crushing in my own life. And I think what I'm popping out of it is the Lord cares so much more about my eternal heart and me growing as a person, as a individual than he does about my creature comforts <laughs> about. So, so some of this crushing that's produced new life in me, like it's almost like this crushing has created that seed that I can see this new fruit. And there's this kind of hope coming out of it that saying, Lord, you care so much more about who I am as an individual. You care so much about loving me and knowing my intimate heart and my intimate self than even the things that we think of as blessings and um, are those things that we think of as non-negotiables in our life for happiness. <laughs> you know, those things that we've, um, we've hung on to. And so for me, the crushing of that and then the seeds of new life that has come out of it has been really so precious to me. Um, I feel like there's new levels of maturity that have grown in my heart. Those of us on this call that grew up in a church context that have loved Jesus for a lot of years, we, we often find ourselves very mature in certain ways of Christendom, very immature in other ways. And our maturity covers our immaturity. And I feel like this crushing experience has exposed immaturity in my own life and others and allow me to grow deeper in Christ so that I can um, express his love more intimately and real. And so that's been precious for me. I hope it's precious for some of the others as um, we're being crushed in kind of in this winter season corporately. I think it gives us hope for spring corporately. That's really powerful. And I think that you are absolutely right. It, it does expose us in a way to really reveal what God needs to do. It's like being in the crucible and and just all the the muck and the dirt and the grime and the impurities rise up to the top, which is embarrassing at times when those things rise up. But ultimately, God is purifying us and making us solid and really making us that precious person that God wanted us to be and, and to really be able to share that with the world. So that is really a powerful word. Thank you for sharing that. I, I'm really delighted that you could be with us today on Truth Be Known. So I was wondering, Crystal, would you mind praying us out today on the Truth Be Known podcast? Heavenly Father, God, we've talked a lot about empowerment and a lot about um, what it takes to grow as a woman minister. Lord, I pray for those listening, Lord, that have a deep call in their belly. They know that you've spoken things into their heart. And um, even as I was talking about the, the type of call that God puts in our heart, there's just an understanding of sisterhood out there. And Lord God, we trust you as we plant seed in good soil that you will bring it forth to full fruition. And so I pray for my sisters that are listening, Lord Jesus, that you put things in their hearts, Lord Jesus, that you will bring them forth to full fruitfulness, Lord. I also pray for my sisters who are going through a barren season. 
who um, are just, just that vision eludes them and they feel like they're in a seedless journey, watching other people grow fruit and then be barren, Lord God. We trust you um, to take the soil of our heart that often does lay barren in seasons, knowing that you're doing deep works in us so that we can be fruitful in our next seasons. And so God, I pray that God, wherever we are, that you put a deep spirit of hope in us, um, that you who did a good work will see it through to its end. And um, I just pray that over all of my brothers and sisters who are listening today, that we can trust you, that you will bring forth the fruit that you have planned for our life and destiny. I pray that in your precious holy name. Amen. Thank you so much, Crystal, for joining us today on Truth Be Known. And thank you for your insight on how to inspire others and also advocate for ourselves as women in leadership. And thank you, friends, for tuning in to Truth Be Known. And go to truthbeknown.org or email us at truthbeknown.org at gmail.com to find out more about our future episodes and guests that will be joining us each week. You can always find us on your favorite streaming service. And don't forget to let the truth be known. Hey, Truth Be Known listeners. Thank you for joining the conversation this past year as we have heard from leaders from around the world challenge us in many areas of life that affect us all. Bridget is excited for season two launching early in 2022 and looks forward to engaging more world-renowned leaders on a topic that is very close to her heart. You can go back now and listen to all 18 episodes in season one at truthbeknown.org or at any podcast streaming service. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation. Now, let the truth be known.